Well, we're so privileged that we're able to continue to meet. And today we're going to dive into the Word. And uh, we're finishing up our sermon series today on uh, Jesus the King and what that really looks like, what it means that, that Jesus is King, and what is His kingdom all about. And, uh, and we've talked a lot about, you know, why Jesus came. That was, that was last week. And we, we've talked a lot about, you know, how love is sacrificial. And today we're really going to focus on what it means to take part, to participate in the kingdom of God, even though it's not fully realized. Um, what actions make a difference what actions start to show what the kingdom of God is? I really believe that, that the gospel is a message that's proclaimed, but it's also a message that's acted out. The prophets of old, they would use um, street acting to be able to, to put their, their message into the hearts and the minds of the people. And when Jesus came, he would use signs and wonders and healing that would, that would show the actions of the gospel that said that all foreshadowed, all of Jesus' healings and all of his miracles foreshadow what the kingdom really looks like. And so we as a church are called to participate in the activity of the kingdom of God. Jesus influences people's perception of him through his actions, not just his message. And so we need to influence people through actions that align with foreshadowing the kingdom of God and not just words and a message. So the gospel is more expansive than maybe we thought it was before we started this sermon series. The gospel is, you know, it, it sees an essential action in our community. And, uh, and when we don't act, the community notices that we have a message that's divorced from any actions that we do. And Jesus made sure that none of his ministry was divorced from his actions and, and his message. We didn't see that, that tension happening. So we really need to, need to learn from Jesus, the, our King, how we bring these two things together, the action, our activity in the kingdom of God today, along with our proclamation and our message. Um, so I loved, I'd love to see you know, people connecting on Slack and, uh, and being a part of this community. This is so valuable for us. And so please continue to, to be on Slack and post pictures and all of that stuff. I know it's been mentioned a bunch of times, but keep doing it because you know, I don't want us to lose that sense of connection. It's now been quite a while since we have met together in person. And so please lean into the tools that we have and uh, lean into your promise group. It's so important that we stay connected as a community because God's calling us more towards community. Um, I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to dive right into scripture and, uh, and, and start to answer some of the questions for today. God, it's been a while. We've celebrated Easter apart. We've gone through season of what a new church plant looks like when it all gets decentralized. And I know that our hearts are strong and I know that you are working and I know that you haven't given up. And so God, as we just continue to what feels like now, plod along. Oh God, stir in our hearts today something bigger. Stir in our hearts today something that moves us forward. 
God, I pray that you would, even though we're apart, that you would unite us in direction. God, this message today, I pray it would pick, it would draw a more vivid picture in our hearts and our minds and help us see the value of our participation in your kingdom. God, build our imagination. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to start reading the very end of the Bible. You know, in all my years of being a Christian, I've never actually heard a person preach from Revelation 22 before. But we're going to start at the end. And, uh, and, and here it is. It's a vision that says, you know, we, we, we want to start getting a picture of what does the kingdom of God look like. So let's, uh, let's read Revelation 22, 1 to 5. Then the angel of the Lord showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life from which 12 kinds of fruit yield its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Check that theme out again of the nations. No longer will there be anything that's accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and all his servants will worship him. They will see his face, because he's going to be with them, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or of sun, because the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. This is just one of the apocalyptic pictures of what the end of days, what the, where the kingdom culminates, what it looks like. And we see a city and we see, we see um, a lot of things. One of the interesting things is we see, we see danger removed. You know, um, how do I see that? Well, night is considered the time of danger. It's considered the time when, when risk happens, when, when thievery happens, when, uh, when wild animals come and, and attack and, and it's gone. We see that, that there is a perpetual day that's representing the loss of, of the darkness and the danger and the evil. Um, the, the kingdom of God brings healing to all nations. Oh my goodness, the joy in that proclamation right there that there's healing brought to all nations because of the kingdom of God. This is something that we experience even now today. As, as the kingdom of God spreads globally, we see the church and the people who are leaning into the action of the kingdom of God consistently bringing hope and healing to nations around the world. We send missionaries all over the world to see hope and healing brought. And somehow, you know, in, in our expression of church, that needs to be reinvigorated. The value of the action, we need to be, we need to get a better track record on, on doing that. You know, and, and, and then we see in this vision, nothing will be accursed. In Isaiah, we go way back to Isaiah. Isaiah gives us a picture of the end as well. And Isaiah 11 verse 6, one of the, one of the uh, verses in the Bible that people actually get it a little um, 
we have cultural imagery, and you'll see it right away. Isaiah 11.6 says, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the younger goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child will lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. And, and one of the cultural images we have, of course, is that in the end we see the lion laying down with the lamb. This is the verse it's talking to. It doesn't actually say that the lion lays down with the lamb. But, however, that, that doesn't matter. The picture is that these animals, which are typically, you know, uh, dangerous are being paired with, with the general prey. We've got predator and prey being joined together, and we have children among their midst. So there's a sense of innocence, a sense of the healing even in nature that the kingdom of God fully fulfilled starts to realize. And yes, on one hand, it's a picture, and on another hand, this will be a, an actualized reality. We look forward to this day we look forward to the day that nothing will be accursed. We look forward to the day where there will be peace, where there was no peace. That uniting of the predator and the prey, there will be peace where there wasn't peace. And, and I mean, when we look at what Jesus says in the Beatitudes, which we studied a couple months ago, we look at Jesus saying, blessed is the peacemaker because there is this element of the kingdom of God that brings forth healing and it brings about peace where there wasn't peace. We want to start getting an idea of the telos, of where we're all going, of the end goal. If we want to get an idea of that, then we have to start realizing that we need to get our head around what God envisions the kingdom of God to look like what he envisions the end goal to be, because it builds our trajectory. So Luke, 20, or Luke 7, 22, um, I'm just going to skip through here a little bit. Luke 7, 22 um, gives us another picture of what, of what the kingdom of God looks like when it's fully fulfilled. And, and we've got uh, John the Baptist's disciples, they've, they've approached Jesus. John the Baptist is in jail, and, and they've approached Jesus, and they say, you know, are you the Messiah? Are you the one we were expecting, or is there somebody else that's coming? And Jesus says, go and tell John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. The, leopards are, are, the lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who's not offended by me. So we see this, this description of, of the kingdom of God affects others. The suffering brought on by evils that exist today are alleviated. And from here, we parse out the mission of the church is to start to foreshadow those things, whether through miraculous works, which God does still do through his people, or whether it's through simple acts of service that we alleviate the suffering of others. In a day like today, right now in our world, I will guarantee there is suffering happening around us that wasn't there two months ago. 
I will guarantee that people are feeling pain and, and struggle that they didn't experience three months ago. And if, if we get a vision of what the action of the kingdom of God looks like, along with the proclamation and, and what we say about the kingdom of God, when we get a vision of those things, it moves us into action that foreshadows. We can't do it. Church, we can't, we can't fix the problems. But we can act. We can be creative. And I want to give this church permission. I know we're in so many ways. We're just a normal church. We come on Sundays and we do our service and we say, Dear Jesus, bless me and help me. And that's so good. But guys, if we get a handle on what the kingdom of God looks like, we can start to learn a trajectory in which our direction is and our action is influenced. And we start to say, this is what our purpose is. It's more than just coming to church and worshiping Jesus, which is so essential. But it's a partnership as well in the gospel. It, 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 is, a, it is a proclamation. So we're going to look at Mark 2, 4 to 11. And when they could not get near him, they were the friends of the paralytic. They were the people who were coming to Jesus with hope that something could change. So when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. A word of proclamation. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, he said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? What is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven? Or rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to, on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and walk. Go home. Go home. <laughs> Go home. You know, we, we get this, this, this moment where there's a proclamation of forgiveness joined with the action of healing. They verify each other. People, the gospel message promoted inside of the church walls to other people is a message that needs to be united with an action that supports it. As the body of Christ, the collective people that we are, our mission seems fairly simple to me, but oh my goodness, it's so hard. To fulfill, to, to step in this, this fulfilling of our role of being the message bringer and the action that says, see, it's like this. But before we could say, see, it's like this, we had to get a good understanding of what the kingdom of God looks like when it's done. This beautiful place where darkness is, is removed. The kingdom of God uh, is, is so much bigger you know, so as the church, we don't make the kingdom of God happen, but we need to find ways to foreshadow it. So this is Shalom.
This, what I just described, all of the darkness removed, the beautiful city, the healing to the nations, the, the alleviation of suffering, all of that is shalom. It's complete wholeness, welfare, or peace. And so we know that God is doing it. So the structures in our world, the way we've set up in our world is that we honor a few things. They kind of revolve around a few things. So those things have been really challenged right now. They revolve around money and access to power, success and recognition. And God's kingdom is defined by weakness and poverty and suffering and rejection. Everything that's happening in our world right now is really sh shaking our, our normals. And in this moment, the church's call is to foreshadow the kingdom, to participate in what John was talking about last week, self-sacrificing love. We've got to participate in self-sacrificing love. And this was such a challenge for me in this whole process. God has been challenging me and saying, how do you sacrifice? You, you planted this beautiful church and everybody loves the community. We're so happy and yay us. How do we sacrifice? Luke 9.23 is honestly one of my favorite passages. But it's so challenging. Jesus is talking and he says, and he says to them all, If anybody would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Let's take these words seriously because if we have a good view of what the kingdom of God looks like, whatever you hold on to right now, your wealth, your, your, your job security, your family, your whatever, it, it goes. It is not that eternal peace. It doesn't have the strength to carry us through. And so when we hold on to the vision of the kingdom, oh man, we can let go of everything else. See, we're free to have all of those things, but they can't control us because our vision of the kingdom of God compels us. So I want to give you permission to be as generous as creative, as moving forward as possible. Do this in your promise groups. Get together, do grants. See that, that God is coupling the proclamation of the good news that Jesus came with the action that supports and shows what the kingdom of God actually looks like. I want to close with this. Keller wrote in his book that we've been referencing a lot. It says, and if you know that this is not the only world, the only body, the only life that you're ever going to have, that you will someday have a perfect life, that you will have a, a real, a concrete life. Who cares what people do to you? You're free from ultimate anxieties in this life. You can be brave and take risks. You can face the worst thing, even, well, life in a wheelchair. You could do so much with joy, with hope. The resurrection means that we can look forward to the hope that one day all of our suffering, all of our sacrifice will be gone 
It will, but it means, it even means that we can look forward with hope to the day our suffering will be glorious. Let me say that one more time because I got caught on it for a second. We can look forward with hope to the day our suffering will be glorious. We, I want to give us so much permission to lean in. Our participation in the kingdom of God, whether we give or whether we act or whether we proclaim, these are signposts to the world that, that the gospel message has integrity, that there's something attached to the message and it's a word of action, that something changes because of Jesus being king. The calls to sacrifice in Luke 9.23. So thank you for being here. It's an honor to be able to work alongside of God as a community. And I hope to be able to see you next week. I'm just going to close in one last word of prayer. God, thank you for the opportunity. Blow apart our normal expectations of what we get, our service, our good news. Blow it apart. Give us a stronger vision of your kingdom and give us creativity, God. Pour into us creativity to how to show action that paints this beautiful picture to our culture. In Jesus' name, amen.